today I'm honored to have my next guest share her story with us today. Please welcome Mackenzie Drazen. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Andrea. It's such an honor to be here. Oh my gosh, thank you. So I always start the show with a question, what do you believe? I believe that everything happens for a reason. And a driving force in my life has really been this belief. My life has taken so many different twists and turns, some of them exciting, some of them very excruciating. And it's this belief that everything happens for a reason that has really helped guide me through these difficult times and helped me not see these events as earth shattering, even though they feel like my world is being flipped upside down, but instead as guiding moments that help push me towards the path that I'm supposed to be on. Wow. So your story is, is an incredible story. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I'd love to, to, if you, if you don't mind sharing these, this, this, uh, incredible tough time that you've had um, and really what brought you to do what you do, which is being the CEO and founder of your company um, and helping bring more awareness to mental health and how we access mental health. So I got introduced to mental health care through my sister Shelby and Shelby struggled with depression, anxiety, and an eating disorder. And we were extremely lucky in that Shelby was very motivated to get better. She really wanted to understand what she was struggling with. Um, my family, even though we had never engaged with the mental health system before, were super um, open-minded to getting her whatever help she needed and really motivated to helping her. But despite having all of these elements seemingly have the right criteria to having a successful experience. We weren't able to connect Shelby with the right care. We couldn't find her the right therapist. Um, even our hospital, you know, wasn't able to help connect Shelby to a good residential program. And we ultimately lost Shelby to um, suicide. And this was so devastating and such an unimaginable thing to live through. But I was particularly frustrated because it seemed like, you know, if we had a bad experience and we weren't able to help get Shelby the care she needed, what does that mean for all of those families out there who have parents that don't believe in mental health or can't afford treatment, or maybe their son or daughter is resistant to getting the help they need? Then, you know, what does that mean for them? So I dove into learning everything I could about the mental health care system and trying to figure out why, why did, why did the system fail us? Why weren't we able to get Shelby the help we need when we so desperately wanted to, and we're trying everything we could to do that. And what I learned was that there were a few fundamental problems at play and being a problem solver, I sort of just fell into 
trying to figure this out and talking to everyone that I could to try and learn more about the system and what I could try to do to solve this problem so that no other kid ever had to go through what Shelby did. Amazing. So what are the, then what are the fundamental issues with finding the right healthcare? Why is it so difficult? I believe that there is an infrastructure problem with the way that um, we go about finding healthcare, mental healthcare specifically, because it's very hard to keep information on mental health providers up to date at scale. And that's what we initially realized we had to solve first was we have to figure out a way to keep information on therapist practices up to date so that people can connect with that care. Um, stepping back a moment, the first step of identifying what it is you're struggling with is also really challenging because it's really hard to know what, what am I struggling with? And then if you can figure that out effectively, how do you know what the right type of care for you is? Because there's so much information out there. There's so many different options. Um, so what we're doing with my resource is we are working with um, scientists to create a way that you don't have to know that information. We can help you figure that out and then provide you with the tools to then connect with that mental health care, whatever that right care might be for you and your individual needs. Amazing. So you're working with um, universities and institutions to sort of help get people connect. Is this, could you, could you just explain how it works and how people can find you and get the help that they need? Absolutely. So we work with universities mm -hmm. and we help them connect their students to local mental health providers mm -hmm. um, through their counseling centers. Mm -hmm. And we um, help with the process of helping you identify who those providers are in your community. And in the times of this global pandemic, yes. the neat thing is that you don't have to work with someone who you can travel to. You can work with someone remotely, which greater widens the pool of resources that you actually have access to. So it's interesting because in many ways, the pandemic has, you know, we can't go out and, and connect with people, um, but it actually has done interesting things in opening up access to certain types of care in many ways. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. How do you kind of change up the two and what, what do you do as an activist trying to get that message out there. And yet you're also running a company that is trying to engage with, with users as well. So I actually don't think those two things are separate for me. And I think that's what really fuels my burning desire to solve this problem and to get up every day and work on this project, no matter how difficult it feels at times. I see them as very intertwined. I wasn't ever someone who, when I was younger, I never thought that I, I wanted to be CEO of a company or to start my own um, organization. I, I really fell into this because I care so deeply about solving this problem. 
um, creating a company for me is just the mechanism, the vehicle that I've chosen that I think is the most effective way for me to start solving this problem. Um, so to me, working on my resource isn't about creating a company, it's about solving a problem. And I think the two go hand in hand. Absolutely. Beautiful. It's, it's incredible. Is there, are there any sort of misconceptions about mental illness? And I mean, you had mentioned, you know, you, you were doing everything you could for Shelby and, you know, having the resources there. Um, and, and, and which is, of course, the frustration, but what, what, what is the misconception of, 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 of mental health? And, and how does it, you know, just family and all of it, I mean, it, and friends, and can you talk a bit about, about that? Absolutely. Mental health is difficult. And I actually have some empathy for people who have very stigmatized views around mental health because it's something that's very difficult to wrap your mind around. Because a lot of times when we try to understand things, we're trying to look at those, whatever it might be, through the lens of our own experience. But with mental illness, you can't, you can't do that because mental illness is an illness of the brain and it alters your experience. So there's no way for you to really put yourself in their shoes and, and think through what it is in that way. Like we approach other problems. Um, that being said, what I realized is that you don't, you don't have to experience it to have compassion for other people and to um, give up that sort of desire to want to really know what it feels like because you're not going to. Um, and, and being okay with that, with that fear that just because you don't understand it, that can be okay. You don't actually have to understand it to be able to be helpful to other people and to love and support them. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. What would you like to see happen in, in the landscape at this point with, with mental illness and how we as a country handle it? I think we need to start thinking about mental health and physical health, not as two separate things, but as, as the same. They're very interwoven, very interconnected. And I think we are starting to shift towards that. And I think it's a beautiful time for mental health because we are starting to think of these two elements more as one. Mm -hmm. And particularly right now during the coronavirus and this pandemic that we're all living through, it's incredible because we're all starting to talk about our mental health. Um, we're starting to talk about loneliness, which is something that previously had been very stigmatized, but now we're all experiencing it together and it's becoming something that's okay to talk about. And the thing about stigma is that stigma really ends when conversations start. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's so true. 
Absolutely. And I, I love that you said that it's true that this, it, during this very difficult time of COVID, uh, mental mental uh, wellness is coming out more and more because it's also, it shines a light on how we are dealing with things and how we deal with each other and and what it's like to be confined. And, you know, things come up. A lot of very un uncomfortable feelings come up. Have you seen a big spike in, I mean, how, how does it, how has that affected your business and your company, my resource? It's been an exciting time for mental health care because we're seeing a large shift of a lot of mental health providers that are now switching over to remote care, which yeah. is fantastic because there's been, you know, mental therapists are used to seeing people in person and we are social beings that love that in-person connection. Yeah. And so there's been hesitation to try out a more digital modality in terms of, you know, FaceTiming with someone for therapy or Zooming with someone for therapy. And now that we don't have a choice, a lot of uh, therapists are realizing that actually this does work and it works a lot better than we thought it did previously. So that's really exciting because there's a shortage of mental health providers out there. And there are lots of people in rural areas that, you know, would have to drive multiple hours in order to get to the nearest therapist, regardless if that therapist actually had availability for them or were the right match. So for them, they don't have that option, that luxury of being able to choose in person or remote. So this shift towards remote care is really exciting. Mm, wonderful. No, that's, it is exciting. Um, I, I'm just wondering, you know, hearing you, I mean, you're, you're, you're accomplishing so much and it's, it's really beautiful. I mean, you're really doing such incredibly important work. Um, I'm, do you have any advice for your, I always like to ask this question because it's like, advice for your younger self and you're so young. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's all relative, right? So I definitely feel like there would be a lot of advice I'd want to give my younger self. One of, I think the most important things I would say is that I would want to tell my younger self that asking for help is a sign of strength and that building of a team is one of the most important things that you can do. Another piece of advice I would say would be never be afraid of taking a different path. Mm. That's definitely been a huge theme in my life, but it's, it's also been scary. I've, I've never really um, done what's considered to be normal. Mm. A lot of people along the way haven't, it's been hard, you know, people, People are afraid of different. They don't always get different. What makes you different? Ooh, so I, when I was younger, I got diagnosed with dyslexia. And so school was always really hard for me. And I had to learn early on different sort of tricks and tools that helped me 
cope with the different ways that I learned. And some of these were really weird techniques that I learned that were actually really helpful. Um, and so a, a weird example is I, I can remember things better if I memorize them while I'm being active. So I remember when, you know, you have to take those, those tests when you're younger, where you memorize um, the definition of lots of different words. And I used to run laps around the living room while my mom read me the flashcards. And that would help me remember them. And that was like a weird technique I used when I was studying. And then I carried that all the way through college where I would, when I need to memorize things for exams, I would take my study guides to the gym and I would run or bike while I memorized these different concepts or whatever it was I was studying for. And then when I was in high school, I started online school because I was modeling at the time and I was traveling around the world and I missed an entire semester of school. And my brick and mortar school said to me, okay, well, we support what you're doing, but our school works in that you need to actually show up part of the time. And I was like, well, I would love to show up, but I can't. <laughs> and so I switched to online school and I modeled. And that was something that no one else in my area had done. And a lot of parents and people that I'd grown up with at the time thought that that was the worst decision I could have made and that I was completely ruining my chances of getting into a good school or being a meaningful member of society at any point. And I don't, I think that that, that couldn't have been more wrong, but when you don't know what's coming or you can't sort of see into the future, um, it's always scary to take those different paths and to do something different because you don't know what's going to happen because there isn't a model that you can follow. But I, I look back and I see that when I chose the different path has always been the best decision I ever made. Oh my God. I love everything you're saying. I mean, here you are, you're an equestrian, you're, you modeled for big designers, Valentino, I mean, all around the world, you had this amazing experience living this incredible life. And then also find, you know, finding this company and being a founder of this company and going to Duke. I mean, you got into an excellent school. So it's just, it just goes to show you that, yeah, you know, all the naysayers and the people who were judging you, I'm sure are incredibly proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, I know I am so proud of you and I'm so honored to call you a friend. For, for this third season, it's all about the future. It's about, okay, we're in this now, but what are we gonna do later? And you are, you're such a role model. You are such an amazing, I mean, seriously, I get chills and I just, I, I wanna cry because like I look at you and I see you, you're gonna, you know, speak at TED, you're going to do all these, I mean, I know you've already done a lot of that stuff, but like, I mean, you're like really, you're, you're going in, in amazing large stages and going to do incredible things and are doing incredible things. Um, 
And it's just, it's just an honor to, to chat with you about all of this. I really feel like we've, I mean, is there anything that you wanted to mention that maybe you haven't mentioned? One of the ways that I have found is the best way to really understand what someone was going through without having experienced it yourself is to hear other people's stories and to learn from those who have struggled because even if you haven't been through it yourself and you can't put yourself in that mindset, we can learn from others of what would be helpful. And sometimes the best way to help someone is to just listen and let them tell you what works best for them. And that was really the inspiration behind starting team. Myteam.org is an organization I started after Shelby passed away because there was so much information that I wish I could have gone back and told myself from the beginning. Now that I had 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 so many realizations that finally clicked and I wanted to create a platform for other people who have struggled or brothers and sisters who have supported someone who's struggling to be able to share their knowledge and what they've learned so that we can all as a community learn how we can better support each other's mental health. Oh, that's incredible. So this, so how does the platform tell, could you just explain how the platform works? Absolutely. So myteam.org is a website that you can go to and it acts as like your pocket guide to learning what to say and what you can do to help somebody who's struggling. And through our Instagram, my team social is where we share people's stories about their experiences struggling with mental health and what they wish someone had done to better support them or what somebody did that was really helpful. Can you just give us a bit of, a bit of, um, I mean, you were saying earlier about listening, just listening. Are there other suggestions and advice that maybe you could give people right now who maybe, who may know someone and, or going through it themselves? I mean, is there anything that you can add? Don't be afraid to reach out mm -hmm. and to say, I love you and I'm worried about you. And I wanted to let you know that I'm here for you and I want to support you and tell me how I can be supportive. I think so many times, and I know with myself even, when Shelby was struggling, there were moments when I so badly wanted to say something, but I was so afraid of saying the wrong thing or triggering Shelby. And I remember one day we were lying in her bed together and, and I was upset and I was saying to Shelby, you know, I feel like I'm such a bad sister because I never know what to say. And I'm so afraid of saying the wrong thing. And then she turned to me and said, no, actually, you don't need to say anything. The fact that you're here right now and that you love me and that you want to be there for me, that's what means the most. You don't, you don't have to say anything. And that was like, poof, this light bulb moment for me. Um, and I, I always try, I always think back to that moment whenever I'm worried or, or don't know what to do, I'll just say that. Mm. Oh my God, that's a beautiful story. And I, I'm just thinking, you know, in terms of the aftermath and so much 
so many questions, you know, like you said, that go through your mind about, oh, I could have done this. I could have said this. How, how, how does one, how do you cope with that? I think the could have, would have, should have game is a slippery, it's, it's a dangerous game to play with yourself because there's nothing that you can do at that point. Everything has been done. And I always find that it's important to focus on what is in your control and what you can do about it now, because there's nothing that can be done to erase the past. We can only learn from the mistakes that we have made, but we can't fix them. Exactly. No, but that that's something that is 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 so powerful to hear because I'm sure people are always walking around with that guilt, but you did everything you could do. And that's it's it's just like you said, she's she's Shelby's with you. I mean, she's she's around you all the time. And and I, you know, chills all over because and and we've talked about this quite a lot, you know, um, and to talk about the spiritual aspect of it, of course, I could talk about it all day long. I know you can too, because we, we <laughs> they're never gone. Yeah. And, and I'm sure she speaks with you and you feel her and it's, it's the downloads that come and, 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 and that's beautiful. And I, I, we take solace in that, but it's also, you have to believe in that too. And, and, and for, for some people, they may not understand that and they may not be able to connect to that. And that's, that's okay. Um, but there's another component to this, which is that mental health, ment well, in Shelby's case, mental illness, it's, someone once explained it to me in a way that was really helpful, which is that you can imagine someone standing with a barbell and someone is stacking weights onto the ends and they keep adding weight and they keep adding weight. And no matter how hard you try, how strong you are, you can give it every ounce you can to hold that barbell up. But at some point that weight is just going to crush you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's what I think happened with Shelby. It's like someone fighting cancer. We would never think, oh, what could I have done to have prevented them, have prevented the cancer from killing them? Yes. You know, at some point it's, it's out of your control. There probably isn't anything you could have done, but you can, you can go down that rabbit hole for forever of thinking of all kinds of tiny little things that maybe, maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't have, but it will never change what did happen. Exactly. Exactly. But that's, that message right there is so important for people to hear because I think people torture, you know, you could torture yourself about that. Absolutely. And, but, but hearing that, that that's going to help so many people who have gone through this. 
I think it, it actually ties back to what do I believe? I believe that everything happens for a reason. Yes. And when you can shift your mindset from feeling like the world failed you, the universe failed you, a person failed you to this is a pivotal moment where I can take what has happened and I can make it a learning experience for myself or I can use it as that nudge to put me on my path. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You are such an inspiration and exactly what this podcast is about. Oh, Andrea, you're too kind. Honestly, like I'm like going to, I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. I'm so, I'm just so overwhelmed. Sorry. Hugs. Need the computer. Sorry that I had, I cried. <laughs> I just never apologize for crying. Oh. Anyway, but I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful. No, I'm so grateful. I think the work you're doing is amazing and super important and powerful. And it's, it's just a treat to get to be a part of that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This episode with Mackenzie Drazen really spoke to my heart as I'm sure it did all of yours. If you or anyone you know are having thoughts of suicide or are depressed, here are the following resources to get some help. Myteam.org, myresource.com, and that's spelled M-I-resource.com. Crisis text, text hotline, text HOME to 741741, Child Mind Institute, and seizetheawkward.org. Thank you for listening.